When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Friday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Conan and Dennis Dick. Busy show today. The earnings are still trickling in. NVIDIA and AMAT and Aurora Cannabis after the bell yesterday. JD.com this morning and JCPenney, if we still care about that. Uh, Nike with a dividend raise after the close yesterday. We'll talk about the destruction in I, which we have missed. that We missed that story this week, so we'll talk about I a little bit and what's going on there. Uh, we have 13 Fs, if people still care about that. Not sure they do, but... If they do, we'll talk about them, and uh, we'll talk about the ugly day in Walmart yesterday. Our guest today, Christian Fromhertz, he is the founder of the Tribeca Trade Group. He will join us at 8.35, and if we can, we'll squeeze in some hot potato at the end of the show. Joel, what's the word here overnight? Uh, We're back to normal here. Uh, Green on the screen, S&P futures trading up seven and a quarter handles. Everyone hear me good? Loud and clear? Yep. Okay. Uh, seven, seven and a half handles, 0150. We had a strong close. 97 was our close. That's the all-time closing high. Pre-market low, just, be, just below that. Uh, Cudlow speaks. The market listens. Took us up to 1150. That's our all-time high. That'll be a target on the upside this morning. Crude in the red by 14 cents at 56.63. Gold doing the same, down 780 at 1465.60. Silver back under 17, down 17.3 cents at 16.855. Bitcoin up $25 at $8,700. Happy Friday, Triple D. How you doing today? I think we just lost Dennis. Dennis, are you here? Oh, he's on mute. Oh. I'm on mute. I pulled the old <laughs> mute trick. Actually, you mute me, and I'm supposed to unmute me. I just never unmuted me. So, yes, I'm here. Um, going pretty good. How's the morning? A uh, little bit cold, uh, but that's nothing new. Uh, they're talking about a high of like maybe in the 20s tomorrow for the Michigan-Michigan State game. So oh, big game. I, yeah, going to have to bundle up for that. Um, not too much here. Just uh, looking at the market. You know, we came in lower the last couple of days in the futures. Not again, not today. Back up seven and three quarters. We had... Some interesting moves from yesterday that we could talk about. We could talk about 13 Fs. We could talk about destruction in the pot market. Uh, why don't we go in order here today? Why don't we do some earnings from after the close? Well, okay, lots, like you said, to talk about there. The only important 13 F, it seems like, anymore is Buffett. And maybe we might as well talk about Buffett right. because um, this, there's one stock that is just getting a honestly ridiculous pop here. RH is up eight and a half percent because Buffett took a new position. It wasn't even a huge position, but Buffett name comes on something. It's a new position. They buy the hell out of it. He also uh, took a new position in OXY and that stock's trading up and that's been in the gutter. So that stock's getting a lift here too. That's not but a new one. That's not new. OXY is a it, it is a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he have that? Didn't he help no. them out with the merger? No, I don't think so. OXY is new. Okay. So um, so you're seeing a big lift in both of those stocks this morning, but 15 points because Buffett's in for real? 
I guess we're in a bull market, but this is going to go right up and challenge the basically the all-time highs here. A uh, little pullback the last couple of weeks here, and it is going to get it all back in one day. Warren Buffett to the rescue. Yeah, look at that. Just bunched up at uh, 170. Just That must have been Buffett in there, buying at 170, 173 over the last two weeks. Uh, I'll just give you a range in this one because it's a higher price stock. Your all-time high. 192 your pre-market high 194 so look at that as a sell that zone not, that was you, not buffett buying two weeks ago what this is from last quarter from last quarter right oh so he's saying it's got to be august september october couldn't have been in november right spencer is actually correct couldn't have been this month when buffett was buying isn't there something that buffett and icon were both in they were both buying yeah thank you very much which stock you said oxy <laughs> Okay, wait. I thought we were talking about RH right now. Are we Joel, not? Joel, Joel's got us lost here already. Who's not we talking about? He's, Joel's mention- already thinking about the game this weekend. And so he's all you just mentioned there. Oxy to me. No, no. I mentioned both. I did mention both, but we're on RH. Okay, okay. but Buffett was in Oxy before. Though, that Brent just confirmed that. So thank you. Let's move so on. So this is not new information on Oxy? It's up 3%. No, I, I think he was in and then he was out and now he might be back in. He's a day trader now. Buffett's become a day trader. Okay. And I was talking about RH. So let's let's go talk RH here. I want to get your thoughts here. Here you are. You're getting the Buffett rally. It's up 8% here in the pre-market. It's going to challenge the all-time high. It already challenged it after hours as well. Does the all-time high hold on the Buffett rally? What stock are you talking about? No, I'm joking. Uh, I just said 192 to 194. I would look at that as like sell range for me. I'm What's not- after hours high? 194. Okay, so right in that vicinity. Yeah, so. I, that's all I can say on that one. Okay, then give us the OXY, which apparently people knew about. I did not know about it, so I wish, you know, we would have, it's up 3% here, so if I would have known Buffett bought OXY, I'd obviously bought OXY before the 13F came out, but anyways, it's up a buck. Um, we need a hot potato right now. <laughs> We're all wound up. Uh, let's see here. Um, accidental petroleum is trading up a buck oh nine at thirty eight eighty five. You hit thirty nine a couple times. Uh, this is in the uh, in the pre market, so it looks like you got a little seller at thirty nine here, only fifteen cents away. So you could easily take that out. Uh, but I will alert our traders here that if you do clear thirty nine, there's a pair of highs at thirty nine and a quarter, thirty nine thirty three. We'll call it thirty nine thirty. So double top just above 39. If you can uh, if you can eke through that 39 level, after that it opens up to the 40 dollar level. So then the big news last night was a couple huge earnings reports. The first one to hit the tape was Applied Materials, and it never looked back. It it, it gapped up and kept running. Give us the numbers here for Amat. Amat reporting after the close yesterday, uh, adjusted EPS, 80 cents for 76 cents, sales 3.75 versus $3.68 billion. Q1 EPS guidance way higher than estimates. Q1 sales guidance higher than estimates as well. We're up here near $60 now, and it's hard for me to really – this was a stock that was hated in 2017, 2018, got chopped in half. You now have all the losses back. The stock is close to all-time highs. So now you're looking. You're coming in now. You're going to come in and buy in it now. I think you're really late to the party. Um, these are cyclical businesses still. Maybe Micron's more cyclical, but Five Materials is as well. And I think if you're coming in now, I think you're really late. Uh, I mean, it started the year at 30 bucks. It's doubled this year. It's doubled. Applied materials is doubled this year. I just want to say I'm looking uh, at my pro here. And May 6, 2019, Buffett says Occidental Petroleum Investment is a bet on oil. So that's from what May- was the date on that? May 6, 2019. So that's crazy that the stock's up 3% if we knew Buffett was already in because everybody's labeling this Maybe as a new position. More. It's Maybe- trading as a new position too, but it wasn't an ad. Typically, the ads don't move that much, but usually okay. once it's new positions, they move up that much. The ads will move it a bit. And, you know, if we go want to go back to Buffett, that's why Wells Fargo is trading down just slightly here on the pre-market. PSX also trading down because he, he lowered the stakes in those, his stakes. But I'm very shocked that OXY is up 3% if the street already knew that he was in. Right. So either they're not reading their Benzinga pros or they just, uh, I guess they just won't own it. 
Not quite near all-time highs, though. The all-time high in applied materials comes in at 62.40 from March of 2018. Uh, Where do we get to if we go all the way back to, like, the year 2000? Because applied materials was a tech darling. And before we say all-time highs, I got a 10-year chart up here. We're we're above it. It it took it out. But I don't know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Back during the tech bubble in April 2000, he had a high of 57 50. Okay, so there is a re- reference up here too, even back from the year 2000. So if you bought it way back in the year 2000 and held it for 20 years, you got your money back. Don't buy stocks with nosebleed peas. This is what happens. Okay, continuing. And, no, and I'm just saying, I mean, so there's not much up here. I would just use that pre-market high as a target, 60.75 on the long side. Just hit 60.74 in the last bracket. So you do have you do have someone selling out here. Maybe they are really trying to sell 61s um, after that. Not much there. On a pullback, oof, I guess you just use, I don't know, it's too tight here. 59.80 has been holding for the last, I don't know, last hour or so. If you're, if you're buying off the open and you're looking for a potential uncle point, but uh, I wouldn't put much credence in that 59.80 support if a big seller comes into the market. For you sympathy traders, which is this, uh, one of the other lessons that we are going to talk about on Tuesday, I have two presentations. Uh, me and Joel are going to do a lesson on trading the open. The second lesson is going to be on relationship-based trading. Um, we're going to talk a lot of different types of relationships. Uh, one is just the peer play and applied materials and LRCX move together. So we're going to see applied materials trading up on earnings. You know LRCX is going to get a lift as well. LRCX trading up $5.00 on the AMAT earnings and sympathy. All right, that was already at all. That's been making new all-time highs. Stock's been unbelievable. Yeah, man, let's see here. It's trading up five sticks, 490, 279.99, and 282. That's my target, Two, actually 282.88. Uh, that's your all-time high, your all-time closing high, if you're gonna be a little pickier. 81 and a quarter. So those are the only level relevant levels for LRCX. Then the other big report, and it was chop fast in this after hours. And then we're talking NVIDIA ran up 10, then it sold off 20. Then it came back and it's sitting there flat. So if you got calls and puts, you're making nothing. But if you're trading against them after hours, using the stock to trade against your open option positions, you might've made some money. Anyways, NVDA, the fade trade was fully on. Give us the numbers here, Mr. Israel. EPS beat a buck seventy-eight versus a buck fifty-eight. Sales also beat three point oh one billion versus two point nine two billion dollars. Q4 sales was kind of in line. They said two point nine five billion dollars plus or minus two percent. The estimate was a hair above three billion. So there was a smidge light on that uh, Q4 sales print, but in EPS and sales beat in the third quarter for Nvidia. Just an incredible uh, range here. The news algos saw the headline beat and they go, bye, 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 bye. And then other people, rational thought, and maybe other algos saying, well, the sentiment was pretty high coming into this. This may not be good enough. And then that little guidance that you talked about, and then they go, south, 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 south. And so it went from two, two, close to 210 up to almost $220, all the way down to like 202 and then all the way back to 210 So, and now we're sitting here Unchanged. I, 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 unchanged. Unbelievable. After you have like a 20-point range after hours, you're sitting here up 14 cents. Almost completely unchanged. Crazy. Yeah, 1835 is what De- uh, Dennis referenced on the upside. 0258 on the downside. Uh, let's say, and I don't know, just let the market shake out on this one. You had the high close of the move here at 0979. You had a close on Tuesday at 0961. I mentioned that 50% retracement right here in this area too. So I guess for for uh, you bulls out here, you know, keep holding it here. Keep closing here and don't give it back. And then the 50% retracement won't mean anything. And then we'll blast off and work up higher. I do see a red candle here when the thing was getting shellacked. Uh, you had a high of 222 in November of 2018. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just the way it's trading now, I don't think uh, I don't think we're going to see that. But uh, you know, for bulls, go hang in here, close above two ten. That'd be a good day. If not, I'd look for this thing to peel back a little bit. 
All right, let's move away from the earnings parade here. I know if you want to talk JD.com or JCPenney's, we can come back and talk those after. Uh, let us know. But there's a few other stocks here on the list that I had. First, I want to cover the Disney from yesterday because this was some pretty incredible action as well. It got up there. It took out that seller that we were talking about. It actually went up there and kissed it and then came off two points. I traded it once. When it first got there, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it short. I got short at 149.89, um, and you know, and you got to be careful because you don't want to miss the 150. So I put in a stop, a buy stop, because this is sometimes the best way to play these things. Because there's, a, we knew there was a, you know, there's perch there, 170,000 shares, which was going to take 25 million to take it out. We talked about that, but they go so fast, they usually go in one blow that you know you could miss it. So what I like to do is actually put a physical stop in. And I don't put it at 150. I put it like 149.98. So if it gets anywhere near it, it's going to you know buy it. So I want to be there before that print just goes like boom. So I always say if it gets within two or three cents, it usually takes it out. So 10 cents away, you're okay still. Gets within a couple cents. So I actually got short that. The 149.90 was not moving. It took zero heat. And then I watched the thing fall back and a half. I covered my short, which was nice. It went up there again. I didn't have the guts to do it the second time. Because uh, I was like, this is like really the third time because I tried it the day before. And, um, and then it actually came off a little bit again, but then it came up and then it ripped through it. So we did take it out. But that 150 breakout kind of became a fake out. So if you're buying those breakouts, you want them to stay above there. Now this looks double toppy to me. I know the double top isn't perfect there because you've got two highs in there, obviously 150.63 and just under the 150. But call that whole area 150 major resistance still. Uh, concerning that it did not hold. And you know what also is really interesting about this one? I don't know if uh, anybody pays close attention to the pre-market highs and lows as you and I do, but uh, you know that crazy action on Wednesday? Remember you said it was trading like really liquid? Mm -hmm. It went to 150.43. And remember you shorted it at uh, yeah. this was Wednesday night? I shorted it early. You shorted it early and nervous. went through there. Yeah. But I just... Now and then, you, if you were using that as a target yesterday, you would have been right there of the day, yeah, by 17 cents. So you're right; it's kind of a jagged double top between the 49.92 yeah. and the fifth. But to me, if you include that after hours high, so there's a big seller lurking at 150.50. If Still in fact kicking. we can get back in that area, but now that you sold off so much, I think your orders are going to just start stacking up lower again. I think so. Yeah, that's what I, I think. think. I think you've seen the high here for a while in Disney. Um, obviously, I still have a long-term retirement account. I still believe in the story long-term. I just think it got a little bit overdone. I have a few days to cool off, and then we'll reanalyze. Maybe it's going to take an upgrade or something to pound it through there. But right now, I'm going to call that whole 150 area major yeah, resistance. Yeah, you got to give it. Yeah, give it some range here. And then who was it? I don't know if we talked about this. I was discussing it with um, Aaron, who was in our office visiting. You know, they got a lot of debt. You know, doing that CBS deal, but I mean, Fox, yeah. If you're bringing in, no, yeah, Fox. If you're bringing in, you know, seventy million dollars a month extra, I mean, you can take care of that debt. And I guess they're using the debt create new content, so it's going to be more than seventy million a month too. Like, yep. I mean, these are the signups, and some of these are obviously free, and they're not going to get the money from them. But eventually, more people are signing up here too. Like, you, you know, when the next numbers come out, those numbers are probably going higher. So, you know, they project in the long run 60, I believe, to 70 million. I think those numbers are going to be light. So this is going to be a nice revenue stream for them. But not only that, it's an area of growth. And Disney is hungry for growth. This gives them some growth. So maybe that multiple expands. Grasso has been on CNBC saying that. And I kind of agree with that. This is our argument that we've given here for a while for Disney is that it could see a little bit of multiple expansion if they value that segment of streaming with a higher multiple. All right. Keep us going here, Spencer. You wanted to talk, Spencer. Well, we're just recapping the earnings from yesterday or the earnings. Uh, I want to go back to Walmart, which we didn't talk about too. And this is actually quite ugly. Um, and, and it's because it gave back the entire game. The report, give us the numbers again, just recap Walmart from yesterday. And then I'm going to tell you my thoughts. So from yesterday, more, yeah, wait. Was it yesterday morning? Or, or, was, or was it after the close on? No, it was yesterday morning. Yeah, they're in morning. Yeah. Uh, the EPS beat and the sales missed and they raised their guidance. They raised their full year adjusted EPS guidance. This is very concerning to me that 
the stock was a beat, beat, and a raise, and it opened up significantly and gave it all back and went red. And one aspect of this stock is very defensive. And we were talking yesterday uh, about defensive stocks, talking with Mark Chaikin even about this. And defensive stocks have been in favor for a long time. And what I mean by those is the stocks that are, you know, seen as, you know, recessionary proof, with the, which a Walmart, Procter Gamble, stocks like that. They've got expanded multiples for that reason. But if we really think this market's breaking out, these aren't the types of stocks that lead the way. These stocks lag. So I think yesterday was actually um, a real tell on a stock like Walmart that portfolio managers were using that strength to lighten up their, their defensive position in Walmart. And when it doesn't hold on a, on a beat beat raise, it's not a good sign. So I think I'd be a seller of rallies now in Walmart. Uh, another scenario here where you got up to like to one twenty-five fifty uh, in the pre-market trading. I didn't think it would open up near that area, but boom, it went right to that area in the regular session too. So once again, when I talk about using these pre-market highs and lows as targets, I mean, you have two and two big stocks with big volume. You have the same thing. Um, it was a bad day, but how many times do you see these stocks have good earnings, you know, and they have sellers that day, and then they just kind of regroup the troop and then continue to rally? So Dennis is talking about some overhead supply. I'd keep an eye on the low from yesterday. I'd even give it a little bit more. I'd give it to 118 and a half here if you think that, you know, there might be a big turn there. Uh, the low from yesterday is 1951. You were not able to post a new all-time closing high, though, yesterday. Uh, that all-time closing high is 120.98. Yesterday's close, 120.65. Two closes in the same area for Walmart. I think you're going to have overhead supply there now. So nervous about Walmart going forward. Okay. All Jump right. over just because of the action. All, all it was because of the I agree. That's a, big, that's a big red candle there. You can't we, get out of that. We keep talking the pot stocks. Every single day we come and there's a pot disaster. It's no different here today. We have another pot stock disaster and it is Aurora Cannabis. It's trading down 11% here in the pre-market on their earnings report. Spencer, how did they do? I think this is probably the last of the big ones. To they, they need to stop reporting because they all go down on everybody else's report and they all just keep going down. Eventually, well, you're going to see a bounce. This may have been the worst of the bunch, too. Holy, because... save the best or the worst for last. Right. So their Q1 sales, this is their first quarter, uh, $70.8 million Canadian dollars. That's actually down on a year-over-year oh basis. $94 million in sales uh, in the first quarter of last year. Significantly down. $70 million in sales in the first quarter of this year. So year-over-year -year sales decline, not what you want to see from a quote-unquote growth industry. Consumer can cannabis revenue down 33%. So what's what are you talking about? The competition is going to kill them. They're killing these companies. So these are companies that don't make money. These are companies that are still trading nosebleed multiples. And now they're not only not growing, they're actually shrinking some of these. Like, I mean, it went down the revenue. You can't have that happen. So again, where is the value? There's no value. You know, if you're a value investor, you're not touching these things because again, the, there's just there's nothing to value. They're losing money. And the growth guys are like, no, thank you. There's no growth here. The only thing possibly going for it is that they're so oversold. Eventually, they're just due for a bounce. I would be selling the hell out of that bounce, though, on any of these things if they ever get it. I mean, we've been saying the last few days they're due for a bounce. Eventually, they're due for a bounce. I've been talking bearish, bearish, bearish. But I was like, they got a bounce here eventually. I don't know. Maybe they don't. They just keep going down. So we've been dead right on this for a long time. Um, I've tooted my horn the last three days on it because we've had a new pot disaster every single day. Uh, VFF also, we didn't give them any love. Village Farms uh, disaster earnings too. Give us the numbers for VFF. I believe they reported, didn't they? Village Farms. Yeah, I saw them. I'm pretty sure it reported. It threw me under the bus here. Let me grab it. Maybe it didn't. Maybe did they? No. What did they announce? It's down. It was way down. Hold on a second. It's trading down at six, and it says six fifty. It's actually trading down at six ten here right now because that was I a bad print. And print too. That was a slave. So it's down ten percent here. It's got to be something up. I don't see the headline here either, but there's definitely something happening in Village Farms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had earnings after the close yesterday. Let me uh, lack of. Let me let me go in here. He's gonna dig. They obviously weren't good either. That's all you need to know. You can tell the tape. The only, like I said, the only reason if you're ever, in. 38 million U.S. versus 39 million U.S. Uh, that was the estimate there. Everything is just 
this just ter- uh, this is just a very very I'm, you know I, I it's it's actually that was the year over year figure so thirty eight million dollars this quarter in sales versus thirty nine million dollars a year ago. Sector is just an absolute mess. That's all there is to it. It's a mess. I don't know when it pulls out. You're gonna have tax loss selling like crazy coming in December. So you get a bounce. I'd say get the hell out. That's my opinion. Uh, but I don't even know if you're gonna. It doesn't. You don't seem to get a bounce on any of these things. So again. It's a little bit of common sense, like we were saying a few days ago. You're coming in, you're buying stocks, you're making money, thinking it's going to be huge growth. They were protected for a few years, a couple of years there before they opened up and got, got legal in Canada. And then they started giving licenses out like candy. So the, those, that story is, the story is just over. You know, here's another, it's being mentioned in the chat as a pot stock that uh, I'd never heard of, but the chart looks the same. Uh, Charlotte's Web Holdings, it's an OTC stock, CWBHF, but chart looks like all the other charts, just uh, a slow Is there any pot stock chart that actually looks okay? Even GW Pharma, which, you know, we've talked about for a long time. I mean, the same. There's, there's some value in the GW Pharma somewhere, but it's it's even ugly. Not nearly as ugly as some of these other ones, but wow, just just a really bad story. Yeah, that's holding. That's clinging to life here, support here. Uh, you matched your low from October in GWPH, 105.10. You kissed it yesterday at 105.35, trading down 26 cents here. Looking heavy, heavy, heavy on the GWA. It doesn't look, the chart doesn't look good on this one either. Oh, no. And that was It last- looks like it's ready to test through 100 bucks. Yeah. Look at that, the month, two months. And tax loss selling, going to hit this, you know, even this one too. Well, I guess, you know, this year it started the year down at 100. But if you bought anywhere in the summer when it was 170, 180, 190, you're sitting on some pretty significant losses. So got to think about that stuff coming in December. Hey, Devs, just uh, go back to, uh, you know, the um, the change in momentum. Do you see Roku last couple of days? Oh, it's been oh. unreal. It just doesn't stop. So I- they came, they started buying it, and they can't, you know, it's Disney. Those Disney subscribers, with the Disney subscribers being as high as they were, it ripped. It ripped on those Disney numbers, and it's kept ripping ever since because it's felt like the pure play on streaming. So, like, if Disney's going to have these kind of numbers, the next, you know, Comcast when they launch their product, and whoever else is launching their product, Apple product, you know, they're just talking about you know all these potential you know streaming products that are coming. And Roku's a pure play on streaming. It's one of the only pure plays on streaming to buy. That's why it's a nosebleed valuation. I think if you're putting this in your long-term portfolio, I don't think you want to do that. But the trade is up. There's a trade in here. And I, I just want to clarify what I said earlier too. You can buy stocks with high PEs. Just don't stick them in your long-term portfolio and you know, forget about them for a decade because applied materials do happen. But you know, if you're looking at you know, the growth, I mean, some, you know, obviously you can buy stocks with PEs. The trend is your friend. The stock is just hot. Again, can you come in here and buy it now, though? You're 118, and in five days, it's 152. So it got all the earnings losses back. That was all thanks to Disney. If Without those Disney numbers, Roku wouldn't have did this. In uh, interesting area. Uh, you topped out uh, before the earnings report in 151.5 area. You're trading above that. You're trading at 152.5 uh, right at the highs of the pre-market session. Uh, but so I'll just, you know, I'll still say that 151 and a half is important. Just fact that it topped out there and then came back down. So, I, I mean, just overall, I think just staying above 150 would be real constructive for this stock. Uh, also, before you had the tankage in it, ooh, you had a pair of highs. Let's call it 152.50 from September 16th and September 17th. Uh, you better hold it. I mean, better hold these gains and be printing 155 pretty quickly, or I could see this one maybe backing off a little bit. You've had one, two, three, four, five strong up days in a row in uh, Roku. All right, I want to get to I here. We, we've kind of missed this one. We missed this one. For the past couple of days. Uh, but this one is really crazy. You, you don't see moves like this very often. So here's here's the news. Doing some skydiving. That's best as best I can explain it. Um. Intel so stat. ticker symbol I, not E-Y-E, ticker, yeah, ticker, symbol, ticker symbol just I. I. Ticker symbol I. Intel stat. Yes, they are part of what's called this uh, C-band alliance. They're part of a, an alliance with two other companies, uh, two of whom are based in Luxembourg, which is uh, where Intel stat is, and the third one is based in Canada. And these three companies were coming together to, to have a private auction where they were going to auction off 
their technology, their 5G technology to the 5G uh, providers, right? Uh, the, the companies that are building out their 5G networks. And it was, all, it was going to take place in a private auction, right? That private auction might not happen now. Uh, JP Morgan came out this week, downgraded the stock because he said it's uh, less of a chance that this private auction actually happens. And then, I just saw this last night, uh, Appaloosa, they liquidated, liquidated their stake in Intelstat. Uh, they sold all 592,000 shares in the stock last quarter. And it's looking like this private auction that was going to happen. It was basically that that's their business, right? It's this, this 5g technology. That's how they're going to get it to, to market. That's how they're going to sell it. And this private auction may not happen now. It's a massive repricing in the stock and I'm not following the story closely, but there's so much to learn just from the technicals here. Lesson number one, if you're trying to call bottoms on stocks with bad news, don't do it on day one. Because obviously this headline must have broke a few days ago when the stock broke down on the first day from 23 and a quarter down to 20. People are like, oh, it's going to bounce. This is what happens. These things sometimes take a few days to really settle out. And if you're picking bottoms on day one, you got burned badly. The next day, the stock falls another 30 or 40%. The next day, falls again. There is absolutely no reason to come in and buy stocks on bad news on day one. So that's the biggest lesson I you can take from this. And people who are buying at 20 aren't listening to pre-market prep because we warn about this all the time. Don't be a hero. Don't buy on day one. I did it with Sarepta, and I was dead wrong with that one. It eventually has come back to where I bought it. But I thought, you know, buying on day one is never a good idea. So I need to listen to myself as well. But I don't, I, you still haven't had a green candle. You haven't even had like a, a, a sniffing of a bottom yet. So I can't, you can't come in here yet either, in my opinion. You got to wait until you got something to lean on. This is just three huge down days. How do we know the next candle doesn't look the same? So I'd wait till the stock stops going down before getting interested here. But I'm not following the story closely, and I don't like buying stock charts that look like this. I like stop buying stock charts that are looking, you know, going up, not going straight down. Yeah, and I mean, if it if and when it does start going back up, there's a lot of people. Everybody burned. Yeah, there's overhead up. supply. That's the second lesson, Joel. Overhead supply. Huge. It's going to be a huge. Do you do Everybody's burned. Chart, uh, um, slide. slide? Yeah. No, we'll talk about it on our, on our presentations. I'm sure we'll add that in. Okay. All right. the, the funny thing is they're really, when we put presentations together, they're really just talking points because you've got one slide up there and then we could talk for half an hour on that one slide just on tangents. I think that's where the meat comes from when we're doing, you know, when we do our presentations and stuff. So um, a lot of times I always say, you know, I, I have presentations and sometimes, and I've actually made the relationships one right up from scratch. So it's brand new. All the material in it is brand new. Um, the other one too, trading the open, most of it is from scratch. Some of it, some of it I took from some of my pre-market info mm -hmm. stuff um, that I've had before, but at least half of it's new too. So a lot of new material coming at you guys. Stuff we've talked about on the show, but there'll be some stuff that, you know, we haven't talked about on the show too. So lots of, you know, interesting stuff we're going to talk about. Up there. And you only have like 98 more of those, right? <laughs> there is so much material there that we could continue continue to talk about. But. Uh, for I here, I mean, if, if you look at the carnage and you see the bounce here, it's only 17 cents. So close to 1213, 1120 low. You did you did rally a buck off the low to, uh, for the close, not quite a buck. So, you know, see if you find some buyers in the, uh, in the 11 handle today, if you feel like, you absolutely have to try and pick a bottom in it and you get into this area. Just be aware, 11.20 was the low from yesterday. Um, if you go to the monthlies, uh, back in May of 2018, you had a 9.58 low. So if you want to give yourself three or four bucks or you want to start a partial position, you know, you could look at 10 bucks. But uh, yeah, at least maybe let it stop going down. A couple yeah, lows yeah. in the same area then you have a reference point. But uh, right now, I mean, it's unchanged, or it's up 17 cents, so real quiet here. But I don't know what the short, is there any kind of uh, short interest in this thing? Uh, I don't know, I don't follow close enough. <laughs> not there I think we've given enough time. This is not a story I follow at all. It's just, okay. um, just because the chart has so many good lessons. We've, I forgot also, it's, it's option Friday, options expiration. It's an early expiration this month, 15th to the 21st are the dates. This is as early as it can possibly be because it is as early as the third Friday of the month can possibly be. And we are seeing some selling balances here off the hop. But again, because it's options right. expiration, those things flip around like crazy. So 
Uh, just because you're seeing you know, some big selling balances on the individual stocks doesn't mean this market's going to give it all back. It doesn't mean it's not going to, but there'll be big institutional action to pair some of these off. Okay, 834, Spencer, you want to try and sneak one more in here? Uh, no. Let's grab our guest. <laughs> Let's grab our guest. Uh, so Christian Fromhertz is today's guest. He is the founder and CEO of the Tribeca uh, trade group, great guest, great follow on Twitter as well at C Fromhertz. If you don't follow him, you really should. I'm going to bring Christian on right now. Christian, good morning. Good morning, guys. How's it going this morning? Pretty, pretty well. Trade talks are going well, guys. So I hear. <laughs> no, going well tonight. So I heard. I, I heard that apparently. How many times are we going to rally on good trade talks? It's pretty amazing. It's, it's got to it? be like 50 times in the last year and a half, and then well, they sell off when they go bad. I think uh, there was a tweet out by uh, Carl, what's his name, from CNBC, uh, <laughs> Quesania, is that, is that how you pronounce it? I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Quintanilla, Quintanilla. Thank you. And he was he highlighted how many times Kudlow has said, like, basically the same thing in different words, like trade talks, but basically trade talks are going well. And, we ripped on those comments straight up 10 handles last night, though. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Kudlow rally. It's, it's amazing. You know, I think one of the things to take note of is when they continue to say trade talks are going well and the market doesn't have that type of reaction, you probably know it's completely priced in, right? So we're, I guess, we're, I think we're having smaller reactions than what we have been over the last couple months, but there's still, obviously, there's still a reaction. So, you know, kind of take it for what it is. How are you playing these markets, Christian? Because we've had, really, when you take out the trade talk stuff and that, it's just a slow, steady climb right now. The S&Ps in the last month has just been slow and steady. Volatility has come way down. We're not seeing the whipsaw action that we were seeing back in August and September. We're just kind of seeing a slow, steady climb. How are you playing it? Yeah, I mean, it's the, the slow, the, the grind up, right? And, and yeah. I feel like we've, we've seen this a, a few times. Uh, you know, we've kind of we saw this in the beginning of the year right we saw this from obviously the december low and and we continue to to kind of uh grind up and we had a couple pullbacks in there but one of the things that that i watch well actually there's there's a few things that i watch when we do this right so uh i have on my charts like just a five-day moving average and prices since the what middle of october prices remained above the five-day moving average and and that's where I kind of try to stay in the market, right? Until price loses that. And we've almost done it a few times where prices went below the five-day moving average. But that's that's just a really simple um, thing to do because I, I do think price is the, is the number one thing to, to watch. But we have not lost that. And that kind of helps me stay in the market a little bit. So that's very simple uh, to look at. And then I try to look for divergences as we you know, if there are any divergences present in the market as we're breaking out and we're starting to see like a, a little bit of those, right? If you look at the advanced decline line, if you look at new highs to new lows, we are starting to see a little bit of divergences, right? Where um, we're, that's, that advanced decline line is starting to come in a little bit. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. That kind of tells me, hey, you want to take a little bit more off the table, you know, stop adding positions up up here or make sure that I'm taking off more uh, than I'm putting on if I do like a couple trades in here, which I do, right? There's always a couple things that I find that, that, I, that I think are interesting. But from a risk standpoint, I think it's important to, to say, okay, if there, there are some divergences in the market, take note of them and make sure that you're reacting to them. All right, so Christian, what else is on your radar here? But you know, as we get more, more, let's get more granular here. What else is on your radar? Yeah. Um, so another thing that I'm watching is is the whole the value versus growth saga that's been you know been in the news the last month or so, and and it's funny how when everybody starts to say value, 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 the last couple of days, the last this week actually, value has kind of cooled off. And we're actually seeing growth, right? I mean, you guys mentioned names like Roku and so forth, right? We're actually seeing a, a pretty good participation right now in growth names. So it's kind of, I think it kind of moves with like a seesaw right now. And so I do think we're probably due for like a little bit of like market chill. I don't know if we have to necessarily fall back two or 3%, but um, I think we're probably due for a little bit of pause. But what impresses me right now is that you continue to have this, this rolling bull market where it's, okay, a couple days 
biotech and healthcare are outperforming. A couple days, the semis are outperforming. A couple days, it's like, you know, even the software names, which have gotten like forgotten about, they're actually do, had uh, performed pretty well a couple days ago. So again, you're, you're still seeing that rotation, you know, take, take, or I shouldn't say rotation, but um, kind of just a rolling bull market where it's a couple different sectors, a couple different days. And All I right. find that interesting. Let's uh, talk to, or let's get a question here from Spice. Besides the advanced decline line, are there any other breath indicators that you'd like to use? Uh, that and just watching new, new highs versus new lows. Um, you know, I will just basically go through a couple scanners and, and look at like just names that are, that are, um, that are hitting new highs, right, for the, for the day. So I, especially like right now, I'll just go through and actually look at S&P names. You know, I'll use like Finviz or something like that. And I'll just basically scan and I'll say, okay, let's, let's take a look at what's performing well. Is it more risk on or is it more like risk off? Like I remember a couple months ago, the names that were all breaking out were your defenses, right? It was your utilities. You would look on the, on your new high list and it was utilities, REITs and consumer staples. And it's like, okay, well that's nice if you're in these names, but um, really what you want to see, I think, is more participation. And, and clearly that's what we've seen the last couple months. So I think we're in a good spot, you know, through the rest of the year. But I think we're probably a little bit. And if you kind of look at some of the names that are making 52-week highs, they're pretty stretched. Like, you know, it's tough to buy something like Apple here, right? I mean, I think everybody wants Apple to kind of come in and they'll, they'll buy some. But... You know, I, I think that's the main story right now is some of the names like I like healthcare and biotech a lot here, but just going through the individual names, they're pretty extended. We're on the line with Christian Fromhertz. He's the founder and CEO of the Trebekah Trade Group, a great follow on Twitter at C Fromhertz. Uh, let's see. We got want your thoughts on Tesla here. A big rally here. Nice short squeeze. Let's see here. Doing battle with the 350 area up 315 at 352.50. Yesterday's high, 53.84, 56.33. What are you looking here at Tesla? The rally going to continue 400 and beyond, or we do for a little bit of a pullback? Can, can I share my chart? Can I? You can. Of course you can. All right. Nice. Uh, you cannot start screen share while other parts. Uh, you may have to stop sharing. You know what? Let's try. Hmm. Okay, let's try this then. Why don't you try to grab it now? There we go. There we go. Yeah, because okay. if we're going to talk levels, which I love talking charts, and I've got a couple ones to, to go over. But yeah, Tesla, four, so 400 is a good question. Like, I don't have four. I got to scroll to see 400. I've got a level to watch for you guys, 365, right? So that was a previous, what, what I call virgin point of control, VPOC. Um, that was an area where a lot of uh, buyers and sellers have previously met up. I use these quite a bit when we're doing something like this in Tesla. So I am long Tesla. I'm not in options. I'm long a little bit of shares, but I look to take off uh, some money here at 365. Okay. So you're looking, what would be like your uncle point on like the downside here? Like if uh, you couldn't get that 365, would you use a stop or would you use a, a moving average for an exit? Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, you just want to keep, you know, uh, bringing up your, your trailing stop. I mean, I see the, it is extended. There's no doubt about it, right? I see support all the way down at 303, 60, which is right, not really going to help you. Long gone by then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think just continue to kind of use a trailing stop, maybe a percent or, or two down is probably the best way. Once, you know, once a name gets extended and it's and it's like running ahead of all its you know, short-term moving averages, and, and I use valuaries on my charts, then you basically just have to say, hey, I got to really monitor this thing and, and uh, put like, you know, depending on what you want to use, maybe down 1%, down 2% uh, trailing stop. But that's the name of the game right now is I think management is most names are, not most names, but a lot of names are doing this, right? They're just way above. And, and, the, and the key here is, which is easier said than done, is to let your profits run um, notice where you've got resistance and then make sure that you're, you're, you know, continue to kind of manage these things on a day-to-day -day basis. Here's a broad question for you. Now you get a lot of, uh, um, a lot of talk about options activity and uh, a couple different ways you can look at it. Sometimes uh, if there's a huge put 
uh, buying something. You don't know if someone's actually long the stock and they're using it as a hedge. Uh, but how much credibility do you give to options activity? That's a, that's a great question. It seems like everyone now is, is watching option activity. Like if you open up Twitter and you just see like everybody, like it's almost sometimes people want to see options like good option activity more than the price going up, which boggles my mind. Uh -huh. But um, so I do think it's, it's one of the, it's one of the uh, tools that you could have in your, your toolbox. Right. But it's, I don't think it's the end all be all. Right. I mean, I think it's notable a lot of what I use option activity because I do read the tape on a day to day basis. It's I'm, I'm really looking for trade ideas. Right. If I see something like, Oh, there's an option activity. Like I just got into the stock LH. Um, but I wait, like there's been a lot of accumulation going out to January and February and, and options in uh, LabCorp, which again, I like healthcare right now. I like biotech, but for me, it's got to like, okay, just because somebody bought calls in it, like, I'm not just going to like click the mouse and say, oh, wow, that was an aggressive. Somebody really, they lift the offer. They, they swept. Um, I'm not going to just jump in and say, oh, that's great. Because um, in the back of my mind, I always know that hedge funds probably a hedge fund is buying this, this name. But if you look at hedge fund performance, they can't beat the S and P. So do I want to follow guys that are just, that can't beat the S and P or the majority, I shouldn't say guys, yep. but the majority of them cannot beat the S and P. So I don't really care. 80%, 80% of money managers, I believe don't beat the S and P. Right. So if, if you're like, if you like option activity and so forth, I would say keep that in the back of your mind, right? People always think, oh, well, they know something. Well, I think on when you're, if you've been following option activity for a long time, that's a very small uh, proportion of order yeah. flow that you see that they know something. Now, yeah. odds are somebody does, but the majority of the time they don't know anything. They're, yeah. they're you know, okay. there's a uh, Christian, I. I yeah. could not agree with you more here. I mean, we hear about this all the time about, oh, a big option buyer, they know something they're going in. And I mean, it's a lot of times hedging activities. A lot of times you got money managers that have huge positions and these are just simple hedges. And it's hard to find that needle in a haystack of, you think you're going to find somebody that's got inside information. I mean, it's always, you know, easy to look back, you know, in hindsight and say, oh, well, who bought options on this yesterday when the stock gets taken over? I mean, sometimes this could just be luck too, is people are speculators as well with the options. So there's some big speculators out there too. So it's not always, you know, insider information that you're seeing on the tape. I think it's hard. I think it's like finding a needle in a haystack to try to like decipher who knows something and who doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think the other thing is the, you know, going back to when I started trading institutionally, you know, uh, you know we're talking about over 10 years ago, there, I think there was a, a decent information advantage that uh, hedge funds and institutional money managers had. And I think they've, I mean, they still have an, they still have an information advantage, but I think it's a lot slimmer than people realize at this point. And again, if you go back to the numbers of looking at performance, if, if you said 80%, which, which, you know, that really stands out. If they can't beat the S and P, it tells you of eighty percent. So you're so really you're trying to find the twenty percent in the order flow. I mean that's kind of like you know. So you have to use your own system, uh, your own guide, and you can't just. I think sometimes it's misleading that uh, you know you'll stick in a name because oh geez I don't want to get out of it because maybe they do know something and you abandon your 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 trading system and you end up having a bigger loss than normal. Right. I mean, that's the name of the game is let your winners run and have small, you know, everybody's going to have losers, but I think that's part of the, the issue with option activity is sometimes people stay in trades longer than they should because they're like, Oh, well, I saw this big order on the tape. Therefore I'm, I'm not going to follow my discipline. What oh, about uh, JD.com? You mentioned yeah, so, in the chat here. You want to bring that chart out? Talk about what you're looking for here. Trading up a buck fifty-three at thirty-five ten off the pre-market high. Pre-market high comes in at thirty-five ninety-nine. What are you looking at in this one? Yeah, so I think this one's really interesting because it's been in a sideways range for you know a long time, and and I like names that have been in consolidation or sideways. Uh, and then once they get going, um, that's when it can really get fun once, once they get out of a range. So 
Um, you know, I'm hoping I'm, I am long this name. Um, I, I don't play a ton of names for earnings. Like, for, you know, as far as I do play uh, earnings, but I don't hold swing trades that often into earnings. But I just like the feel of what was going on here in the chart. And um, yeah, I'm looking, you know, basically at $38, which I think is the next resistance, which, you know, again, this is, you know, a 30, $34, $35 stock. It's a nice percentage move. So, um, you know, again, and, and I think a lot of other names that we're seeing uh, out of China, which I know is a kind of tough place right now, but names that have reported earnings, like if you look at Baidu too, right? There's a little bit of a change that's going on. Maybe perhaps the bottom is in for some of these stocks or, or at least they're starting to move with or, or act a little bit better um, in the, over the last uh, earnings cycle. I mean, this emerging markets is an interesting play, and I've been uh, buying emerging markets in my long-term portfolio for a while here, and it hasn't, they haven't really gone nowhere. I mean, there's been such, they've been such a laggard. We talk about the EM. I mean, there's some currency effects in there too, but in the last 10 years, EEM is the same place it was 10 years ago. It's gone nowhere. In the same time period, S&Ps have you know, almost tripled. So it's been a bad place to be, at least as a U.S. investor. But if you look, we have been showing life. Just in the last few days, we started showing some weakness. So do you think like this is a potential catch-up trade? I do. And, uh, you know, one of the things, and I think there was a question in the chat, too, about ETF flows. So that's also something that I watch because um, it's really good for, for international. And international uh, equities, both emerging market and international developed, for the first three quarters – of 2019 have been basically like a wasteland. There hasn't been much investment going on at all. And then all of a sudden, like the last couple of weeks, not only has have U.S. funds been seeing nice inflows, but actually we're starting to see a lot of uh, inflows go into um, both international developed. Um, that's actually seen more. So name, names like um, IEFA, right, which is, again, like it's basically a fund if you're not familiar with it, but it's um, – it is a fund that ha that's both Japan and Europe, so international developed. So this has actually been an interesting area where I think that money has been flowing back into. Um, and then secondarily, it's been um, emerging markets have actually started to pick up again. If you look at first three quarters of the year where there's been basically nothing, um, I get really excited when I see a little bit of that. Um, so we definitely, you know, so we've had this first move um, now we just have to see some kind of follow through. And I, and I think if we kind of hold here and push back above 4310, I've got a little bit of EEM on and, and I will add to it, but I want to make sure that it's not going to do one of these and just kind of, you know, break out and then revert all the way down. So I'm looking to see it hold here and looking to see some confirmation that, um, that we could get above, you know, 4310 in the EEM ETF. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, have gotten a little bit more excited about, uh, international. I've started to kind of uh, put that back into my portfolio as I see uh, fund managers start to start to get involved in, um, in, in international again, which I think is really interesting with Europe too, because right, nobody seems like the growth, you look at the headlines, it's horrible, but the performance, right, if you strip out the currency, which um, DBEF, some of these things are breaking out unbelievably. Christian, before we let you go, uh, we got a question here about a term that you used. I think it was wide breath. Was that the term that you used? Could you uh, uh, explain that in a little bit more detail? Uh, I didn't. I said market breath. Um, okay. So, so advancing versus declining. Okay. And uh, yeah, advancing versus declining, and and also names that are making new new fifty-two week highs versus new fifty-two week lows. So you want to see that, you know, as the market is going higher. Right as we're coming, we're breaking out to new highs. You want to see that expand. Uh, this week, we're actually seeing that uh, go the other way right now. So right, so that's known as a divergence. So that has me just a little bit concerned in the short term. We've been on the line with Christian Fromhertz. He's the founder and CEO of Tribeca Trade Group. Joins us on Benzinga's pre-market show here, time to time. Everyone really enjoyed uh, that interview, and uh, we'll get you back on again soon. Thank you very much, Christian. Awesome, guys. Have a great Friday. All right. Uh, moving on here, S&P's quiet session here, up 10 stakes, 31.07. We're all keeping an eye on that pre-market high at 31.11.50. If you're looking for a target based on the nine-day average trading range, that could take us up to uh, – 3028. So that's a big old juicy target, but the ranges have been 
a little bit uh, tighter uh, as of late. Um, we get a mention here about Grub, and I believe Grub did get an upgrade today. Let me go to my Benzinga Pro calendar. And that was the bottom that day. It just keeps climbing that, <laughs> no. just climbing up there. Like five downgrades that one day. That was the day after the big earnings debacle. Stock made the low and turned around and closed green that day. That was a tell. It's been up ever since. When they close green after that many analysts have downgraded, it's telling you there's buyers. You know what? I'm going to try a screen share here. Think it's going to work, Spencer? Yeah. Have you ever okay. done that, Joel? Oh, it's working. Is it working? Look, look at, at how many downgrades were. <laughs> look at the date and look at how many downgrades. So obviously the day after, because October 29th was a bad day and it was the morning. So the analysts take their, you know, they have to get their reports out so these show up the next day. Look how many analysts downgraded <laughs> it. So you have, these are the analysts, Guggenheim, Gordon Haskett, Craig Hallam, Goldman Sachs, BTIG, Cowan, Mizuho, <laughs> JMP, Stiefel. Was there eight of them? Yeah. One, two, three. No, wait, there's more. Four, Go up five, further. Wedbush and DA Davidson. There was 10 downgrades that day. No, no. Uh, or well, let's see. Day. There were a couple on the 29th. Well, that's, yeah, they're fast to get them out there. That's after the earnings, too, though. Right. So that's all from the earnings, 10 downgrades. Yeah. So you Thanks, got analysts. <laughs> Thanks. So we all sold uh, on your recommendation here. You would have been selling right at the, basically the bottom. Or at least, you know, they, well, I guess they downgrade the hold, so they weren't telling you, but they all yeah. say, don't buy it. Anyway, so that was the exact time to buy it. Okay, all right. And uh, I just mentioned it. Uh, Spencer, you want to Crazy. Grab, I've uh, never seen yeah. that many. You want to grab this back? Okay. Uh, yeah. Joel, props to you because you called it. You're like, if this ever this many downgrades one day, this is probably the bottom. And you weren't I, I, even being, you were being a little sarcastic, but at the same time, you weren't. No. You were citing the AT&T, and you were saying, if this thing closes green, look out. And it did. Yep. All right. Uh, Joel's going to uh, take it. Joel, Joel's going to get up, and uh, while Joel gets up, I'm going to do this. Hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, 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 potato. Don't spaghetti, don't spaghetti. All right, that went on a little longer than I should have. Uh, I'm going to bring on now a few people. Two guests today are going oh, to join us yeah i know we're we're uh we went spontaneous we're bringing the staff uh, I, i'm bringing in the staff so excellent uh, i have here sitting next to me now is nicole the point she's the boss she's like she's <laughs> she's like the head of our events here and uh i'm also joined by patrick lane who was uh was here yesterday where's patrick um, we can't see patrick yet. Uh, we can't haven't see you patrick. guys heard enough of we me gotta already. see him Wait, Patrick, see if you can turn your, your webcam on. You've got to get your camera on, Patrick. We've got to see you. It's some bullshit with my settings. Oh, 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 oh. You're bringing okay. the show. Whoa, whoa, okay. whoa, whoa. Hit the okay. five-second button. We, we can see Patrick. <laughs> Live radio mute. <laughs> we, can, we can hear him, but we can't. Are you allowed to say that's a borderline for the... <laughs> What, well, is, what is this? I thought this was HBO that we were on. <laughs> he said, he said There's it's no okay. cussing on this show. All right. So we've just got... We are, we are PG. So Nicole, welcome. No video. Got to be on Disney Plus then. Go bring, go to Joel's computer. Bring Patrick to Joel. Oh no, Nicole's on Joel. Oh, I'm on, yeah, I'm on okay. Joel's computer. We can hear him, but we can't see him. All right. So here's awesome. here's how we've got a couple fintech uh, awards themed questions for you guys. We do this little segment every week. We do some <laughs> trivia. We usually have a theme. This week's theme is, of course, the FinTech Awards. It's next Tuesday. We've been wow. talking about it. I'll drop the link in the chat. You know all about it. If, you're, if you listen, you've been listening for the past week, uh, just a couple questions, and we'll, and we'll go back and forth, okay? And I think they're pretty okay. easy. Okay. okay so no, nothing crazy. So, Nicole, I want to start with you. Uh, I got the buzzer, Joe. Don't worry. I got <laughs> oh, no. the buzzer. I got the buzzer. <laughs> uh, Nicole, I'll, I'll start with you. Okay. This Again, I think it's I think it's pretty easy, but I've been wrong before. Okay. A representative from the company that invented the floppy disk will be at the FinTech Awards. What company is that? That did the floppy disk? They invent, they've invented a lot of things having to do with computers. The floppy disk is one of them. They, they basically invented the computer. Uh, IBM. Oh, see? I told you she'd get it. There Very, we nice. Go. <laughs> Very right. nice. Very nice. All right. Okay. Uh, Patrick. This one's to you. This Omaha, Nebraska-based brokerage will have a rep speaking on a panel. Who is that? This has got to be TD Ameritrade. And he's the man. He got it. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, okay, I got a couple more here. I don't know. We don't have that many. Oh, geez. Uh, Nicole, yeah. uh, listen closely to, to the, the clues in the question here, okay? Okay. This, comp- this company, what they do is they rank analysts on Wall Street. That's what they do. They rank analysts, and they're a sponsor of the event. They're a sponsor, and they rank analysts on Wall Street. Huh. The, the clue is in the question. They rank analysts. Uh, I don't know. Patrick, can you steal? Tip ranks? Tip ranks. Oh. Ranks. Ranks. <laughs> yes. Okay. I see um, what you did there, Spencer. Oh, thank you, Patrick. Spencer. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Patrick, here, Patrick, this one's to you. Before his current job, this person who was speaking at the conference was known as one of the best Apple analysts on Wall Street. Oh, well, you know, I know that because uh, our good friend Joel Alconin talks about him incessantly. It's got he to does. be our very own Gene Monster. He, he does, and he is, and he was. All right, excellent. <laughs> uh, this question is a little more open-ended. We're, we're going to go back and forth here, okay? okay? I've compiled a list of all the categories at the awards. Okay. We're, we're going to go back and forth, naming categories, see who can fall off first. Oh my okay? god. Okay. So Nicole, <laughs> n- Nicole, name any category. Best new brokerage. See, there we go. Patrick, you're up. Uh, best alternative investments. All right, Nicole. I I'm 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 getting rid of them off my list as I uh, <laughs> as I go. Best API. Best API. Okay. Patrick. Best digital bank. Okay, Nicole. Wait, I can't find digital bank. Ah. <laughs> okay, Nicole. Um, there's an overall category for investing, um, and there's a lot of categories under there. Oh, okay. That's well, true. That's it's, true. It's going broad here. Okay, I'll give. I'll, I'll, <laughs> well, if it's broad question, I'll, 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 I'll give it to you. Answer. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you, Patrick. Okay. Uh, best use of blockchain. That is one. Patrick, you're at your computer and we can't see you. Patrick, Are you no looking cheating. at the- no cheating, Patrick? <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen. That's why he's not you showing video. Yeah, yeah, we can't too much. No cheating. What is this, um, Monopoly? <laughs> Lifetime achievement. There we go. All right, Patrick. Best Canadian brokerage. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Okay, Nicole. Um, the... It's hard. Yeah, I'm not. I don't I can't know. see anything. I know. I know. I, there's like a thousand. Uh, I'll give that, you a hint. Um, Sarah Biller's coming from one of these organizations. Oh gosh. Well, fintech sandbox. But yeah, yeah. And they are an ex. Stop getting in her head. There's, there's a lot more than that. <laughs> yep. 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 Okay. So um, there's like there's like fifteen more. Oh my gosh! I lot. can't think. I feel like I'm under so much pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I do this, no I do this all the time. There are no stakes. <laughs> I, I, I actually just the pressure gets to me on this, and I can't even think of anything. <laughs> I know. I've been going over all of these just, all week. Can we just stop for a moment and recognize Spencer Israel as a great replacement for Alex Trebek? Oh, oh hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey! He's the man right there. He uh, is the man. All right, nothing to call. Blockchain. Patrick said that. <laughs> one, one more. Shoot. One more. Um, uh, I don't know. I can't. I'm blanking. All right, Patrick, can you name one more? Just one. Best robo advisor. All right. Uh, there we go. All right. Patrick, Lane, Nicole, LaPointe, these, these two, it's, it's like uh, 1A, 1B. They head, they, <laughs> they head up our events without them. Without either of them, our events would not happen. And I would know. Because I was on the events team before them, and let me tell you, <laughs> since, since they got here, it's been a the lot. Events better. have improved. They've, they've improved dramatically. <laughs> let me tell you, well, improved exponentially. I, so. What I want to say is, if you're in New York, please come see Dennis and Joel and Spencer. They will be there on November 19th at uh, New World Stages, and we'd love to have you join us. Yes, uh, and we'll have a show Monday. We're doing the show live from, uh, on Tuesday from the venue, like we said, and then a day of uh, hanging out with Joel and Dennis and uh, some, some cool people as well. So, Nicole, yeah. thank you so much. Patrick, we couldn't see you, but we could hear you. You're here. Spirit. <laughs> Patrick thank is thank you all. so much, and uh, we'll talk to you guys. Uh, talk to you later. <laughs> all right. Sayonara, you guys. All right, see you, Patrick.
And on that note, I hope you didn't you... use the buzzer a whole lot. I used the buzzer for those the guys are good, Joel. But uh, <laughs> they have everything. I just want you guys to know that, like, I thought of this on the way into work. I thought of it. Morning. I thought of it. Way and then I go, Spencer, I got a great idea, and he's like, "Well, what is it?" And then we had the same idea, and then of course I didn't do my prep, and Spencer put all that prep together there in just a few minutes, but. Uh, we ran a little bit over. S&P's up 10.5, 3107.50. Pre-market high is our target on the long side. Our first target, that's 11.50. Dennis, any uh, any? The balances have uh, all went positive, just as much as you know, we're telling you they flip a lot on these days. They could go negative again still, so there's nothing. Really, on these days, it's hard to use the opening and balances. The only days it's hard to use that information because they're so today. volatile. Those They change so much, it's hard to really gauge it. You know, all we can say is that the S&Ps are really not responding to it, which is telling you that there's just so much more information to come there in the next half an hour that it's almost useless at this point in time. You get like 10 seconds before the open, they mean something. But even then, you know, they have high frequency guys coming in the last second to offset them. So there's, you know, the imbalances, the opening imbalances work well and not on these days, though. All right. I want to thank our guests, all of them, Christian Fraunhertz, Nicola Point, and Patrick Lane. Uh, thanks to all of you in our chat. Catch our podcasts wherever podcasts are available or we watch us on YouTube. Let me drop the link into the chat one more time for the uh, Benzinga FinTech Awards here. The promo code, you can uh, click on this link or you can just click on the uh, – or go to fintechawards.com and do it manually. The promo code is PMPVIP. That is what gets you in to the event there. It's in both – chat rooms fintechawards.com again promo code pmpvip uh please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only not for investing or training advice everyone have a great rest of your day we'll be back with you on monday ah spring nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress that's what life's all about in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secured Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com slash build. That's Chime.com slash build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.